0: I'm so thrilled you can join us. Hello and a very warm welcome to this, the very first episode of the Collective Wisdom podcast. I'm so thrilled you're here. It's been such a difficult and perhaps different year to the one we'd all anticipated back in December, with the pandemic reminding us all that we never really know what tomorrow might bring. This is a project which was no doubt born out of that collective pause we all found ourselves in under lockdown. Although when I first announced the idea to my middle son, Josh, he simply groaned and went, Oh God, mum's been on Pinterest again. I've also been making a very strong mental note to myself that maybe two weeks before Christmas isn't the ideal time to be launching anything. But as is often the way, it turned out to be an extremely fitting time as last week Dolly Alderton and Pandora Sykes drew the Low, my all-time favourite podcast, to a close. It makes me want to cry just thinking about how much I'll miss them. But this gives me a chance to thank them both for the four years that they've been in my ears with a podcast that did what all creative projects should aim to do. Inspire, delight, and inform, but above all, to connect with others. I'll be posting a link to that final episode in the show notes, as it's got to be one of the best of the best. So, my aim here is to take their inspiration, and if I come anything like as close to building that connection with my own audience, then I'll know just what success feels like. For this first episode, I went to the person who knows more about storytelling than anyone else I know. As well as being a best selling author, Bernadette Dewar is a great friend and mentor who spends her life working with entrepreneurs, business leaders, artists and creatives, getting to the heart of their story and encouraging them to use it as a sort of compass. We've been working together for the past year over at the Story Skills Workshop, which is an online course that she devised along with Seth Godin that has already helped thousands of people learn the craft of telling better stories. She's also one of the wisest and kindest people I've ever met. So I was really pleased when she agreed to interview me because I can't really ask people to show up, be vulnerable and tell stories if I'm not willing to tell some of my own. And sure enough, we started talking and she just used the words, tell me more about that cat. And suddenly I'm telling a whole different story from the one I'd planned. This episode is also going to give me the chance to thank not just Bernadette, but also my gorgeous family, including my mum and dad, all of whom have been so supportive of me in getting this off the ground and even, for the most part, agreed to come on as guests. Podcasts have taught me so much. It's my favorite way to learn. And if you only take one thing from this episode, it's the one piece of wisdom I share most often as a parent, a friend, and a coach. And I need to remind myself of it whenever I start a new project. And it's this. Trust yourself, you've got this. So now over to Bernadette and that very first interview. Thanks so much for joining us.
1: So I'm just going to say, Cathy, this is one of the weirdest things that I've ever done because I'm appearing as a guest on your podcast and now I've got to interview you for your podcast and I'm so thrilled. Thank you for choosing me to come and speak to you to introduce your podcast and you and your podcast to the world. That's wonderful. Oh Well, actually you were a
0: natural choice, Bernadette, because not only is this podcast all about stories, for me you're kind of just such a, a, masterful storyteller, but also it's really about wisdom, collective wisdom. And, you know, when I start to think about some of the wisest people, I know you're, you're up there at the top of that list. So it's a natural fit. And I'm really grateful to you for, for agreeing to do this for me.
1: So let me tell you as a listener, what I know about Cat Preston. I have never met Cat Preston in, in real life. Uh, like many of our relationships now, we meet people who we just connect with so deeply online. So I know Kat from taking, she took part in this workshop. I run the Story Skills Workshop and immediately what I saw, it was a kind, generous heartfelt empathetic human being she's just stood out as that person I know she's an incredible mother she's an incredibly creative human being and I am so thrilled that she's bringing her collective wisdom to the world through this podcast so Kat let's get into your stories Oh, that's a brilliant. Thank you so much. It's always it's always so
0: humbling when you hear other people's view of you and actually that tees me up perfectly for my first story which is an act of kindness that happened to me very recently. I've been uh, digging into training with IPEC, which is the mm-hmm. Institute for Professional Excellence in Coaching, but you know, they're just an amazing organization. I really wanted to having been working I've been working as a coach, but I really wanted to take my coaching to the next level. So I enrolled in this training program and one of the modules involves three days of intensive, it's like 30 hours uh, where we're coaching, we're, we're put literally into situations where you're given a technique and then you just go and practice it on your peers. So sometimes you're coaching, sometimes you're being coached. It's quite an intensive three days of just input. And at the end of the weekend, the final exercise, so there were maybe 15 of us on this call and we'd sort of, you know, some of us had met briefly before, but for many of us, it was the first time we'd met. And the exercise was simply given that we were all in Zoom was we were all given little index cards and we were asked to write three words or a simple sentence about each person in turn and when it was your turn everybody would just hold up the three words in their little zoom windows and the person who was who was being talked about was encouraged to take a screenshot and it just struck me because it's it was one of the most confronting moments almost because mm-hmm. suddenly you're presented with all these words like kind and warm and generous and funny and smart and and You realize that these people who this is how they see you, and that's so often not how you see yourself. And it struck me as it is such a simple act of kindness to reach out to your friends and remind them that what you see in them is just this magic or this amazingness, especially if you feel that they're having a bit of a bad day and they might not be seeing that for themselves. And I think it was just. One of the first times I've realized how often we can be so unkind to ourselves and so negative, And yet the bit that shows up and the bit that other people see is just the opposite. And I guess it brought home to me that that's why I love coaching so much, because that's kind of what I spend my life doing is just holding on that mirror and reflecting back a lot of the good stuff that people just you know, it just gets lost. But it was also a lesson in understanding that, you know, we get to choose how we show up. Mm -hmm. Um, So those words are words that you can take with you and just in any given moment, remind yourself that, yeah, I really do want to be kind. I really do want to be generous. I really do want to bring my empathy to the fore especially when you're feeling a bit stressed and all the kids are annoying you or that it's really a choice and how you present yourself is, is kind of up to you. But that most of the time, what people really see is just, yeah, just a, a much, much nicer version than perhaps you tell yourself. So that was my simple act of kindness that had the whole, you know, everybody in the room found it really emotional and very difficult not to sort of burst into tears when they saw it I was it. just
1: about to say I bet there were so many tears uh, yeah it was when just it was just a really
0: wonderful culmin- culmination to a very intense three-day workshop and um and reminded me that it's such a simple thing you could do it you know within your family it's mm. just sit around the dinner table and say well let's all just say what we love about something and how often we don't do that you know we're too mm. busy sort of in in the busyness of of our days, so what's
1: what's shocking and about that is that we are surprised when we hear nice things about ourselves. I know, I know, and it's so sad. And I think there are so many people
0: in the world who don't get much of an opportunity to hear anything good and positive. Mm-hmm. And it would make such a difference if they did. I think it would it would really, honestly, yeah, change things around for them if just somebody saw the good side and not necessarily, you know, the the side that they're Mm. telling themselves, especially, especially in that context of if you feel you've messed up and just somebody saying that I see, I see this has gone wrong, but I also see that that's not the worst thing that could ever happen. And you know, that there'll be another day. So yeah. Phenomenal.
1: Well, my two takeaways are that we need to be kinder to ourselves and that our words matter. The words that we speak and yeah. intentionally don't speak actually have the have a lot of power that's true and I think we we do kid ourselves that
0: words don't matter and I, th- I think especially you know we, we're so used to this whole Twitter thing which I mean I don't really get involved in because of that I just find it's like so difficult to talk generally mm-hmm. and 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 be very shouty and and we've we've come to accept that that's a bit of a a, a normal way to to behave. And yet it's so damning and so, so hurtful that it's not really, it's not really helping anyone.
1: No, it's so mm. true. Thank you for sharing that. So I'd like to, I'd like to talk to you about, I'd like to hear from you about uh, a challenge you've overcome. I know that I, I don't know your full career history, but I know that you are a creative and that you designed jewelry at one point, And I know that recently you've, you've decided On this you've transitioned to becoming a coach which i think is wonderful i i couldn't think of anybody better to coach people and and hold up a, a mirror to people and help them to achieve whatever it is they want to achieve in the world so tell me a story about a challenge that you had to overcome well, it's funny, you mentioned the, the jewellery business and,
0: and, you know, I I absolutely loved when I was running, I I got quite lucky because I was living in Singapore and I was running a little art school for children. And I had, because I was teaching in the afternoons and my kids were small and that was started because, you know, Jake, when he was seven, came home from school and said, I can't I can't draw Roman soldiers. I've got to do Romans. Oh, what do you mean you can't draw Roman soldiers? Of course you can draw. Here's a pencil, and he was just adamant he couldn't. So, <laughs> so I thought, right, I'm going to set up a little art school, and and you know that fitted in around the
1: kids, and but it meant I well, had my whoa, whoa, whoa. wait a second. How does somebody go from listening to their child saying I can't draw to going right? I'm going to set up an art school. Well,
0: no, it was one of those five five a.m. epiphanies. It was
1: um, I
0: just wanted up and thought we had this we lived in a black and white house an old colonial house in singapore It was a beautiful beautiful. old house and we had this dining room that had its own it it had a toilet because because it was a black and white house and it was just you know it was it was quite a it was just a beautiful old building but we didn't really use the dining room so i woke up one morning i thought you know what it's got its own loo it's got its own access it's you know, tiled floors. What's the worst that can happen? With a bit of paint spilled, and um, so so it was really just friends and friends of friends that used to come, and they'd drop the kids off, and we'd do these art classes. And the thing I loved about it was, you know, not necessarily. So I don't think I think Jake now will still say he never learned to draw, but you know, kids come in with such enthusiasm. So actually, the age groups that I was teaching in the end was were getting younger and younger, and my favorite experience was just to put cardboard boxes in the middle of the room and say, you know, I would say something like, okay, so today we're going to build a house. And then the kids would take that and run with it. And Oh no, 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 I'm going to build a castle. And no, 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 I'm going to build a palace. And and they would just, you know, they didn't need permission. They didn't need to get what, what are the parameters? What are the rules? They would just get stuck in and their imaginations would just run wild. And it was a real, reminder to me of what it is to play and to experiment so basically I was just you know having as much fun as the kids and just making sure that they didn't eat the paint or whatever it was lots of fun but as a consequence it meant that I had my mornings free and I started just following you know I was um, I went to a jewellery design school and started just making simple silver jewellery and learning about the history of jewelry and how to render and do all the the jewelry design and i just i just loved it it was a real passion and then when we moved to hong kong i decided okay i'm going to turn this into a business and i think the only thing that was i had going for me was the fact that i didn't actually know the first thing about running a business i didn't know what i didn't (laughs) know you know so it was really helpful And the first, I guess the first challenge, which was obviously the funniest was um, I went to, I decided I needed boxes and I wanted the boxes to be, you know, as good as they could be right out of the gate. So it was like you would, you would have a really lovely box and it would be in a little bag. And, you know, I wanted the packaging to be really gorgeous so that this sort of told the story. And I went to a trade fair and their minimum order for the boxes was a thousand, a thousand pieces, but I needed two different sizes of boxes. So I thought, you know, I've worked out, I have this size box and then the little ring boxes and okay, 2,000 boxes. And we hadn't actually moved up to Hong Kong at that point. So... But Sim was working there. So I said to Sim, right, I've ordered these boxes. They're being made in Hong Kong. So there's no point in shipping them to Singapore and then shipping them back. I'll just get them sent straight to your office. And then um, when when we move in a couple of months, you know, we can just move them into the house. So I called him. (laughs) I called him and I said, oh, did the boxes arrive? And he went yeah, there's only one problem. The boxes are in the office, but I can't now fit in the office because <laughs> he had no idea I'd ordered these boxes. So he did a bit of maths. And given that I was selling about three pieces of jewellery a week at this point, he calculated it was going to take me at least five and a half years to sell all these boxes. <laughs> so, so I hadn't really done any of that maths. And I, I guess it was, it was that impetus. It was then, okay, I've got the boxes And I don't have a shop and I don't have a website. So I'm going to need to get those organized. Otherwise I am in big trouble because I'm going to have all these boxes still hanging around. And it was that that made me dig into what, how do I actually take this from? I can create the jewelry. That's, that's the easy bit. Now, how am I going to market it and sell it and find customers? And, and I just got very lucky because I, I was listening to a podcast. So this is the, you know, the, this is where podcasting first came into my life. And I heard this girl, Tracy Matthews, talking about her new business. And it was, it was called the Flourish and Thrive Academy. And she was aiming it at jewelry designers and how to, how to get your business and how to get traction and how to create desire around your pieces. And I took I took the first online course, I guess, back in 2013, and it was called Laying the Foundations. And the funniest thing about it was every time Tracy would say things like, okay, here's one of the major mistakes I made when I was running, because she was, she was basically <laughs> teaching everybody how to do not what she did the first time she ran a business. And that was why she decided she was gonna run this academy. So she'd say things like, don't think that your sister is going to be the best person to employ because it's never going to work. And I had just that week said to my sister, who was sort of thinking she might want to leave her job, do you want to come and work with me? And so it was just, it was it was quite comical the way Tracy would announce something. And I would think, oh yeah, I was just about to do that. But basically through that, I ended up joining their mastermind program and it was based in the US. And I went over to New York and we, there were 20 of us uh, in in this mastermind program. So there were 18 from the US, one Canadian and one girl from Mexico and me who was coming over from Hong Kong. And we, so we worked together over eight months and we all had different businesses and we just built, we all thrived. We really did. We built amazing websites. We employed people. We started to scale. We understood what it was to actually start what marketing meant and it was the first time I really understood yeah things like empathy for your customer and I would just apply everything that I was taught within this academy and it was such a supportive amazing environment so I I, I've always said that I've got so lucky but for me, overcoming a challenge like that is reach out to people. You know, there are so many people out there, you you won't necessarily find a tailor-made academy, but there's always someone who's willing to mentor you or just give you a bit of support, a bit of, because learning through other people's mistakes is so much less costly than making every single mistake yourself. So it's just... And I, you know, at that point I moved back to the UK and I remember thinking, okay, I'm just going to unplug my business in Hong Kong and I'll plug it back in, in the UK. And I, I can't really describe what happened, but I'd lost my, my team, my customer base, you know, all my suppliers were all in Hong Kong and it didn't feel like the same environment. And I was kind of, what do I do now? What do I do now? And that's what led me to taking the Alt-MBA. I thought, what I'll do is I'll take this course. I'd heard Seth talking about it. That will help me just decide what the new business model is. And it'll give me renewed impetus. Mm. And at the end of that, I was asked to join their training program to become a coach with the Alt-MBA. And it was funny because it was so. It was almost like being given permission to let go of the jewelry stuff, which had started to feel like I was just going to be climbing the same mountain again. I'd built this business, and now I had to do that all over again. And my real enthusiasm for it. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I still love jewelry, but I don't. I don't want to build the business that I had built all over again. And. It was so interesting for me that in stepping into just going and finding help, going back to the drawing board, which is always for me, go and learn something new. And this whole new door opened. And that has been really my journey for the last couple of years. I've just so loved being part of this coaching environment. I've 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 met a whole new team of people. I've learned new skills. And and in a way, I see life now as being a bit of a carousel. But for now, I'm just really happy digging into the coaching and that's kind of where all my energy and enthusiasm and once you get that feeling of momentum it's like just run with it and that's where this podcast has come from so it's funny how just in overcoming a challenge instead of seeing it as oh this big wall ahead of you that is just insurmountable just take a little run at it and and see one little one little chink in it and one little step and things start to unfold so yeah, that's I my have, story. I've
1: learned so much about you just listening to the story. Like we, start, I didn't know about the art school. But <laughs> you know what? What you've taught me and just sharing those stories is about uh, how resourceful you are and how you you how small you started with each thing. It's not that you had grand ambitions. You started the art school with great intentions and really small. You started yeah. tiny and the same with the jewelry business and, and just grew it from there. But what, what's interesting to me about all of it is it's very, it sounds like it's all very heart-centered. It's all come from a place of very intuitive. It, it sounds like yeah. you just, you, you didn't overthink things. You just said, this is something that's calling to me and I'm I'm just going to try.
0: Yeah. And, and, and it always has to be a little bit of fun. There's a sort of perfect sweet spot between dream big, get shit done and have fun. And if you're in that sweet spot in the middle, then that's where all of my enthusiasm and energy goes and mm. yeah, things just grow until until circumstances change or something, something exciting. And for me, as I say, it feels like a carousel. It feels like all of those things, they kind of feed into one another. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have to completely... Let go of something forever. That's you know, jewelry will always be for me about connection, and I love the way mm. that I can. I could just go and create a little collection tomorrow, and and just say, you know, I'm going to release this and see what happens. And that will always be there as an option. But in the meantime, what feels more important, especially in the, with the year that we've all had, is is mm-hmm. supporting people to to be able to do the same sort of thing for themselves, to say, mm. just if you've got that dream in you, you can create something that will actually, yeah, bring in an, an income, will connect you to people, will make you feel like, you know, especially if you're you're in a job or perhaps have lost a job that you were counting on, that it's not impossible to to just go out there and get an idea, build an audience, and yeah, start small. Definitely start small because then all the mistakes you make are made on a very small basis and you can you can learn and grow through that.
1: I think what some people also find difficult though, Kat, that I think you shone a light on there is when you've got these sunk costs, when you've done this thing for a certain amount of time, when you're known for that thing. Mm. And this is really resonating with me at the moment when I, as I hear you speak, it, it can be a big deal to say, you know, I'm, I'm walking away from that, or I'm deciding on a different direction. And so in, in the in July, in your summer, I finally made the decision, I was going to stop blogging after 10 years, yeah. and that I was going to tell my readers that I wouldn't be showing up again, three. I wouldn't be showing up three times a week to speak to them. And that was a scary thing to do because like with the jewelry design thing sometimes your identity can be wrapped up in this work that you do and as you said in COVID times you maybe you're having to make shifts and pivots or let go of something that you've done for a long time and that that can be equally as scary as starting something new from scratch. Oh,
0: it's so true. And I mean, for me, I I really lived and breathed that, you know, one of the things that came out of the old MBA was, I remember it's back to Seth Godin and there's a whole prompt around decision-making and letting go of sunk costs and Mm -hmm. seeing that previous thing as just a gift to yourself mm-hmm. you know it's just it's just another piece of uh, in in the puzzle you know it doesn't have to be and the and the sooner you let go of it once you've made that decision the sooner you just say that was then and this is now and you move forwards then it starts to feel like oh, because otherwise and I did I sat for about a year just thinking I've got to build this business and every move I made felt heavy and you know just just not like it was the whole time I was in Hong Kong everything was just in a state of flow it just grew and it was mm. natural and I was working with people who just lit me up and and all my customers were just they got it you know they were just they were they were so supportive and that's not to say that I couldn't have done that in the UK but it just felt like oh the weight of it all and yet my identity was who am I if I'm not Mm. Cat Preston jewellery kind of thing you know yes and that was huge so that in itself Mm. is is you're so perceptive because that was the challenge and now yeah I just feel that we all have so many things to to bring to the table that and, and and I think we should encourage people to not think of this is it forever. You know, it's, yeah. it is so easy to put up a website and just test something out and see how it goes and and not have to say, right, I've got to have this grand plan. And, you know, and what I've come to understand for me, success is about whether I'm enjoying something, whether it feels like it's it's got meaning and whether it matters. And yeah. if I'm not being true to that value, then then it starts to feel not aligned and everything, as I say, just feels like, oh, and then, and then you're not enjoying it. And that's, life's too short to, to do too much of that. If you, if you can, if you've got the option, you know, I feel very lucky that I've been in a position where because I've, I've made some big, we've, we've moved around the world and been in different countries. So each time you're able to just go, right, today's America. So I can just do this and
1: reinvention.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I I realized though, that when you don't have that opportunity to lift yourself mm. out of somewhere that mm. becomes, it can be, it can be really difficult, but equally, you know, the move back to the UK for me was, was a challenge because it came very suddenly. And although it was something I on paper, wanted to do, you know, the two older boys were back here at school. I wanted to get the whole family back together. I really hadn't anticipated how much losing my work was Mm. going to just floor me for a while. And, and yet now when I look back, it's just created this space for so much more. And I think that's, that's what I want to help people you know, if, if I can do nothing else as a coach is to help people understand that there's always another opportunity. There's no, there's so many more possibilities than perhaps you can see for yourself and, and just to, yeah, take the leap.
1: Well, you've walked the walk, Kat, you've done it. So, <laughs> so you can speak from experience. That's yeah, wonderful. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Absolutely. No, and it, and it, you know, that's one of the things that excites me is when it comes to, if somebody's interested in building a business, yeah, I really do love all that stuff about marketing and how important it is. And I have, you know, a lot to share on that, on that whole thing around, I mean, one of those, the, the most valuable pieces of advice is just that smallest viable audience. Mm-hmm. Um Connor McCarthy, who's a, a fellow coach at the Old mba has just released a podcast called First Ten, which is about mm-hmm. the first 10 customers you get, know them, love them, get their feedback. And I can honestly say within my jewellery business, they still are the people. And they were just good friends. They were just people who mm. wanted to support you, wanted to see you succeed. And they were so supportive and You know, you were able to then sit them down and say, what's working, what's not working, what should we do more of? And that's how you 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 don't have to have all the answers. You know, once you've got that engagement, you can start to to really connect with customers and find out what they need and where the niches are and what
1: they'd like to see more of which is we're we're back full circle to co-creation aren't we and better together yeah Yeah.
0: exactly and that you know it's interesting that the the signature piece from from my jewelry collection is Mm -hmm. unity and that was always the message that you know I was making a circle one day and it was kind of it's got to be called unity because that's that's what collaboration and connection and and celebrating that sort of inclusion the fact that it was such a diverse community that was all part of it you know there's everybody brings their own story and everybody had their own their own style
1: that's wonderful i know that you're a massive music nerd uh much more than i am and you <laughs> listen to music on your runs and and you're a bit like me though in terms of you like to m- Get, make meaning with your music and you like to allow music to transport you to places. So can you share with us your piece of music that carries particular meaning for you?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now this one, uh, yeah, I, everyone I've interviewed so far has said to me, seriously, one piece of music, that's impossible. And I realize it's a real tough call. But for me, I wanted to choose something that really summed up this year, which has been you know, hugely challenging for everyone. And I think there's not a single person who hasn't had plans disrupted or, you know, they've been affected by illness. And it's just, it's been a universal story around, Mm -hmm. wow, we we aren't in control. And I... (laughs) Back in January, in the heady days where we had no idea how bad this was going to get, (laughs) Sim had started a new role in Singapore and it was an exciting new role and we were quite excited with with the prospect of we were going to be spending more time over there Mm. and how how wrong we could be. I came back in... um, in March. And that's the last time I've been able to be out there. And then in April, we were supposed to be celebrating. We had a big weekend lined up that was his 50th. And we were going to have a joint 50th because my my birthday was in August and we were both, both 50 this year. And our middle son, Josh, was his 18th same weekend in 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 april so we had a you know we'd booked a hotel and we had a few friends organized and and it was all coming together that everyone could make it and then yeah sim couldn't even get back from singapore at that point so he was stuck out there and the kids were in lockdown and hannah decided to use her lockdown time, you know, we were trying to find ways to celebrate this big special weekend, even though we couldn't all be together. So she just collected together all the family photos and bits of video clips and stuff. And she made this amazing video and set it to a song called I'm Not Calling by Holly Cole. Mm -hmm. And this video became, you know, we sent it to Sim and it's for me now every time I I can either watch it with the video or just listen to the music it just takes me to that really special time which even though we weren't all together it was a huge reminder of yeah like you were saying about everything that's important everything that really matters is all summed up in that that one song it's kind of the the pandemic year song. And whenever, especially for Hannah and I, whenever we put it on now, we kind of just have to get up and have a little dance. And yeah, it's just all about connection and that, that family that matters so much.
1: And how you make the best of it, whatever whatever the circumstances. Exactly,
0: exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and we will get that celebration organised at some point. I think there's going to be a lot of um, big 51st birthdays and big, big 52nd birthdays as people finally get, you know, as, we, as we're as we allowed to celebrate uh, in Well, style. I can
1: tell you what's happening here, Kat, in Melbourne, where we are one of the luckiest places in the world right now in Australia, having virtually no cases, uh, COVID cases. We had a really uh, strict lockdown because we were the state that had the most cases. At one point, we had 700, 800 cases a day back in, and that seems... Very few compared to some places I know we're incredibly lucky and our isolation helps us there. For the past 30, I think two or 33 days now, we've had no cases, no deaths. There are no cases in the state. And what's happening is that... The, all the hospitality businesses are pushing out onto the street. Just the places come alive. People are just so keen to get together. There's just uh, what I would say is a new energy and oh. a party atmosphere. And I feel like that's going to happen around the world. That's my hope. Yeah. I think yours too that we're more grateful for the connections that we have in the family and, and the people we love and being able to see them and have them around us. So.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Thank you. No, sure. I think we're all going to appreciate it so much more. And yeah, just, yeah. I mean, just being able to get together with friends and family and yeah, I mean, I think we've got one Christmas to get through where we're going to have to
1: mm-hmm. slim it
0: all down and be really sensible and, and fingers crossed that after that things start to to look up, but yeah, that's such good news from Melbourne. And um, yeah, I think, I think it, at the end of the day, that's what it's all about, isn't it? It's about that connection. It's about the people around us that, that, really matter that's what we've missed yeah
1: and you have shared so many pearls of wisdom in this <laughs> uh, episode but you, we were about to wrap up and I, I'd love to know if there's one other pearl or oh, you can have two because I had two when no I, I think I have two
0: I think my favorite one is I'm a big fan of, there's a, there's a coach called Martha Beck and uh, Mm -hmm. she's done a lot of work on, you know, the two selves and this whole idea that you have, you do have this inner voice that we've, we're, we're all getting much more familiar with and how you do need to sit down and chat to your subconscious about getting the subconscious on board if you want to achieve something. And she's got this really interesting, take on courage and how your subconscious mind doesn't really know the difference between when you are brave and when you're pretending to be brave. (laughs) And so really the art of finding courage, which for me comes from that word, you know, it's from from the heart, Mm -hmm. but it's about just pretend for a while, just give it a go and pretend. And before you know it, you know, the discomfort and the not feeling brave will have just disappeared, and you'll be doing it, you know. And and that's that's true of this podcast. That's true of, you know. I still remember being a coach for the first time on the old NBA, and this massive imposter showing up, and you just have to act as if, you know. Which is another great big piece of advice from Seth Godin. So so that's the thing that I wish I could have said to my younger self: just just mm-hmm. pretend, do, you know, be brave, but but also it is just a question of pretending until you feel that way and then things, magical things happen.
1: Wow, that's wonderful. Thank you for being my courageous, compassionate colleague and friend, Kat Preston. It's been a joy and a privilege to chat to you.
0: Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I am, yeah, indebted to you. So if ever you do launch a podcast, Bernadette, I'll be there to support you. <laughs> Thanks very much. Thanks,